This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Namai, Harimai, Kiara Tanakwe, Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. I'm Bruce Scott, Mel Driscoll, and guests on Cosmopolitan News and Views. And hopefully, we'll play a couple of songs banned by the BBC. This is follows the program on Radio New Zealand called Music 101 when someone on Radio New Zealand. Found the book with all the songs that the BBC, sorry, well, the BBC band too, NZBC and Radio New Zealand band over the years. And we've got one coming up in a couple of seconds. Plus, hopefully, we'll play a song written by Stephen Sodheim, the Tony Award winning songwriter. He died this week. It, it is sad, but he wrote some great songs. We'll, hopefully, we'll fit in one before the afternoon is out. To the songs banned by. The NZBC and BBC and RNZ, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds by The Beatles. It was alleged to, alleged drug of um, references, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, LSD. I think uh, our friend John Lennon kind of laughed it off. He, He was pretty amused about it, but we know the song. Also done by Sir Elton John. Picture yourself in a boat on a river With tangerine trees and marmalade skies Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly A girl with kaleidoscope Eat marshmallow pies Everyone smiles as you drift past the flowers That grow so incredibly high Newspaper taxis appear on the shore Waiting to take you
unseen pauses with looking glass ties. Suddenly someone is there at the turnstile, the girl with FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. This is Cosmopolitan News and Views. It's a quarter to one. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. The Beatles, another band, BBC, NZBC, Radio New Zealand song coming up later. But in the last couple of days, we've been reading about the life and times of songwriter Stephen Soldheim writing Tony Award winning songs. His most famous collaboration, of course, was with one and only Leonard Bernstein on West Side Story, an update, of course, of the old Romeo and Juliet saga. In 1957, Larry Kent, who was um, born in 1900 and died in 1967, sung a song that became famous from that production, a Broadway production. You know the song well. Stephen Sodheim and Leonard Bernstein. All the beautiful sounds of the world in a single word. Suddenly that name will never be the same to me Maria, I just kissed a girl named Maria And suddenly I found how wonderful a song can be Maria, say it loud and there's music playing Say it soft and it's almost like praying Maria I'll never stop saying Maria
Maria, I'll never stop saying Maria. The most beautiful sound I ever heard. FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Some more music by Stephen Sodheim a little later in the day. Well, it's time to introduce my co-host and time to say good afternoon to Mel Driscoll. Afternoon, Mel. Good afternoon. And Ewan Wilson's on the line and Ewan is a member of the Hamilton City Council for oh, how many years? It's a long time. And he's also the representative of our Hamilton City Council on the Rail Governance Working Group. Hello, uh, Ewan. Yes, uh, good afternoon. Well, Tahuya is due to, well, travel down the railway again next year. What, at what uh, in January is it, Ewan? Yeah, the, the current target date is the 24th of January, uh, subject to, obviously, uh, COVID and its multiple variants and, and how the government is implementing strategies to manage it. Uh, but currently the, the plan is the 24th of Jan. And so much can happen between now and then, but it seems that the downtime on a passenger commuter service such as Tehuia is necessary if there's work to be done that is going to streamline the travel between Auckland Hamilton. Is that so? Yes, I mean, I think, uh, you know, this, um, the fact that the services ceased back in August as a result of COVID um, uh, uh, gave us a, a, an extra opportunity to refocus on the improvements that we knew are, uh, would be required. Uh, and so we've been doing that, and uh, as fate would have it, we've been able to make um, improvements that we believe we can introduce earlier than had, plan- had been planned, uh, and that is uh, targeted for early January, or middle of January. You and the plan is to go get right into the Auckland CBD? Yeah, so from day one, when the uh, initial schedule was published, uh, it certainly wasn't optimised. So, you know, we were limited to, to going through to Papakura. We know that most passengers wanted to go further into the heart of Auckland than that. But that's all we were given permission to initially, thanks to the sort of uh, availability on congested rail tracks and the sort of geopolitical manoeuvring between uh, Kiwi Rail and and AT. So that's what we commenced with. But we always knew that if we really wanted to make this a success, it had to go through to uh, the centre of Auckland. It could never go through to Britomart because... And they did some uh, improvements to Bretomart not that long ago. They chose to take out the ventilation system, which meant a diesel train couldn't operate. Uh, so we then strive to get through to the Strand. We've now achieved that. We think uh, that will be a significant change. Um, and as well as hoping to add to Anui, which is, of course, the gateway to Auckland Airport, um, 
Uh, and so you know, we're really excited at that opportunity. And we'll, apply, we'll implement it end of January. And and hopefully the uh, Auckland bus timetables <laughs> work, so people can get off the train onto a bus and into into town. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a when I walked it from the Strand station to you know to to Britain Mart, it was fifteen minutes. Other people say it's twenty minutes. Um, but it's it's walkable, um, or you can take an Uber, or you can take public transport. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, not necessarily trying to go to you know Britain Mart specifically. That you know they could be catching up with people, they could be going to a meeting, um, uh, and so you know whether you get to Britain Mart or whether you get to the Strand, it's still central Auckland. Yeah, it's still an improvement in the proposition that we've had. Uh, and, you know, I think it's complementary to sort of the multimodal transportation model that New Zealand has to evolve towards. Yep. And uh, at this end, of course, are there plans to improve the facilities at the old Frankton Railway Station? Because they, over the years, have been let to, well, it looks like, it looks like a bit of a dump, actually. Yeah, well, um, I'd be happy to comment on that, but I wonder if I could also yep. put in the point that you know, one of the most significant changes that we're introducing is in January is for the first time since Tahuya launched in April uh, this year, the schedule is going to cater for Auckland originating traffic to be able to come down to Hamilton for the day uh, or overnight. And so rather than the service just being focused on Hamiltonian uh, originating commuter traffic for the first time, it's going to operate perfectly in each direction. Now, you could be asking, why the heck wouldn't have we had that from day one? Well, welcome to the world of geopolitics and, and, and train scheduling. But I, I just wanted to get through that point. That's yep. a vital yep. addition. Uh, in terms of Frankton Station, look, Frankton Station isn't owned by uh, the city. It's owned, obviously, um, by our friends at Kiwi Rail. Um, uh I think ultimately any improvements we do at Frankton uh, will be um, holding improvements because I don't see Frankton Station as being Hamilton's central station going forward. Uh, if we're really to progress proper public transport yep. in, uh, in New Zealand, we need to be focusing on you know, um, a more right downtown, right in the heart of the city. Yep. Um, uh, station that would not only enable interregional passenger rail connections, but would be a logical connection to, you know, potential rail to Cambridge, Morrisville, Tiaramutu. Uh, you know, when I say rail, I mean metro. Um, uh, and you would want to integrate that with the bus. So yep. I think I'd be less concerned about spending copious amounts of funds in Frankton. I'd be looking longer term. What's What's the ultimate solution? I know uh, there's been a lot of discussion recently about um, reopening the underground station in the centre of the city. Uh, I think that's a, that, that, that would be a great option. Kiwi Rail probably doesn't. So, so we, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of negotiations still to unfold. I, I I do remember I lived in Cambridge. I'm a Cambridge boy, and I do remember that railways pulled up the railway lines right outside the house I used to live on, on, on Victoria Street, Victoria Road. And that was a sad day for... That was a sad day for Cambridge. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Luckily, thankfully, we've protected the corridor. 
so that the land is pretty much still all available for us. Uh, you know, interestingly, the, the land and the tracks are still available right past our airport through the Tiara Mutu. So, you know, so some of that infrastructure uh, is still immediately available. Others will take a little bit more work. But, you know, the thing about public transport, it's not just thinking short to medium, you know, not 10 to 15 years. Part of our job is to try to uh, 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 look 100 years ahead. Uh, and and that's what's really exciting. Um, uh, and, of course, the solution, I believe, and I think most others, is multimodal. So yep. we're not saying roads won't have their place. Uh, obviously, uh, they will, um, but so will other modes of, of transportation. In the excellent coverage attributed to Richard Walker writing for Weekend of the Waikato Times yesterday, there's the suggestion... The credit, should we say, to you for solving a problem. Well, was it a problem? You wondered why. You posed the question as the representative there on the working group for this Hamilton City Council. Well, if one locomotive could take carriages in one direction but not another, is there a spare locomotive? Is that how it developed? Yeah, so it was a combination of things. The first thing um, was the fact that the the Auckland metro network or rail network is incredibly congested. And technology uh, innovations uh, constantly are improving the ability of train managers to manage frequency and spacing between metros uh, and freight trains. Um, and uh, in addition to that, there has always been the, the uh, scenario of, well, uh, in the good old days, you'd have a locomotive on one end, uh, and for it to do the reverse trip, it would have to go off into sort of a, a turnaround bay and turn itself around to be able to go back the other way. But, of course, modern trains as part of the concept, as part of the carriages, they would often have um, the driver's station at either end. So uh, that negated this need to turn around. Cut a long story short, uh, we in the medium term were going to introduce the technology that would enable uh, the train driver simply to move from one end of the train to the other end that all of the thrust and all the, the, the power was at the locomotive at the other at, at the opposite end. Um, but we needed to introduce new technology to get the regulator's approval. Uh, Kiwi Rail kept saying that's the barrier why we couldn't go through to the strand during the week. Um, uh, and uh, I simply said, well, hold on, don't we have two locomotives? Why don't we put a locomotive at either end? And they said, well, yeah, okay. That would solve the, the problem uh, in the interim. Um, uh, we've already approved the funding for the safety improvements and that technology will be added to the uh, to our carriages uh, over the next four to five months. But meanwhile, we were keen to make sure we start offering weekdays direct to the Strand. Um, and so we will operate with the locomotives on either end uh, and that will enable us to do that. That was a breakthrough, thanks to you. It seems 
you're not only a master of the skies, we know you're a pilot, <laughs> but you're taking an interest, a close interest in rail technology too. Hey, hey, you and this has come far because I know I did interviews with uh, Hamilton MP David Bennett and David always said he was not in favour of a train service. It is, as they say, is David Bennett on board with the trains now? Look, um, I... I one of the problems is I think National has taken a stand that they are pro-highway, pro-highway, pro-highway. Um, and certainly that's the mantra you, ha- you hear from David Dennis. And, and look, I, I like uh, David and I like some of his ideas and I like some of National's policies. But I think they've got their policy on rail wrong, inherently wrong. Um, uh, and uh, and I still call them out every time I have an opportunity. So I think I think Mr. Bennett has attached himself to the anti-rail strategy, and and I, I think he's not going to change his position uh, 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 quickly. But that's not important. What's important for us is that we deliver the most optimised public rail option, and we make it work. And once it makes it, once it's working. You know, Mr. Bennett's concerns are no longer anybody's concerns because the general public are embracing it. And, uh, it's running, and, and so we'll come to accept that that's the norm. Okay. Um, the, the thing we have to talk about is when Tahuia comes back on track next year, will everybody have to have a COVID pass? Yeah, so again, uh, as you can imagine, we don't make those rules. Um, the government taking health advice will stipulate. My general feeling is uh, if it's inter-regional train service and we're at a heightened alert level, uh, you probably would. Um, but um, And certainly my understanding is uh, if we had recommenced services before Christmas, if we'd, if we'd stayed on the sort of alert levels, not the traffic light levels, uh, we would have required uh, vaccination certificates, but um, clearly we're moving to the new traffic system. It's hard to know what uh, uh, colour traffic light will be in, in January. So, uh, cut a long story short, I don't have a specific answer currently. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is you're crazy not to get out there and get vaccinated mm-hmm. and have a COVID certificate anyway. That's, that's when you have to get both our Hamilton MPs into your office and have a chat because I, I'm, I'm getting mixed messages when I, I've read I've read the paper the big ad in the paper yesterday about the red lights yeah, and I'm, I'm talking to hospitality people too and they they are so totally confused about this yeah I mean I, mean, I think my reading of it is um, uh, if you have been fully vaccinated and you have a vaccine um, passport your ability to access full range of hospitality is under, irrespective of what light you're under, is considerably improved. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And I think there's simply number limitations at red versus at orange and green. Um, But let's be really clear, if you are unvaccinated or if you do not have a vaccine certificate come uh, 23.59 on Tuesday night the 2nd, so going into the 3rd of December, your ability to access uh, uh, unfettered 
into places like yep. uh, cafes, events, theatres, uh, hair salons is is highly restricted, um, and um, uh, and that's uh, unless you've got a, an appropriate exemption. Yep. And, well, and I personally think that's the right policy. People are jingling of keys because I've got on my keychain at the moment my uh, COVID pass. I'm already fully vaxxed, etc., etc. So I'm ready for whatever comes. And and Me of course, too. and of course, we've got that variant also that's uh, gone into the UK. So we've got to watch that too. Omnicom, yeah. Look, yeah. Uh, um, I think I'm pronouncing it right. I'm not sure, but um, look, I, I was reading up about that this morning, I, I think I've often, I said a wee while ago that these black swan events don't come along too often. I, I think we have to change that uh, that summary. What we now know in today's um, environment is these variations, mutations are going to continue for some time. It's, out, it's about, um, you know, how steps and how we, we can try to implement it to mitigate and we just have to be willing to, to, to be agile uh, and adapt. Um, yeah, uh, it's, you know, whenever you think actually you can sit down and begin to relax and think this is coming to an end, um, you're reminded that, no, 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 um, Mother Nature or, yeah. or, you know, these things just haven't quite decided that time frame. On, 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 a per, on a personal level too, you and your, your immune and uh, compromised because of, it's well recorded your your battle with cancer, so it, it's good for you that all these things have been put in place. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely vital, absolutely vital, uh, um, and that's why I would not hesitate if there was an opportunity to get a booster shot, and I wouldn't hesitate if if uh, if, if you know in months to come that they say, look, you know, we we have to change the vaccine somewhat to respond to the new yep. vari- a variation. I mean, just so be it. We do it yep. every year with, with uh, flu. Um, you know, I think in these times you embrace science and you respect the process. Um, uh, and I think, you know, if you do that, you, you, you're going to be better off. Well, I noticed that one detail that had always escaped us until now is that you and you are declared to be a person who doesn't own a bicycle. <laughs> well, well, I don't currently, but I have in the past, and I'm not against owning a bicycle. Um, it's actually a great way of getting around. And let me assure you, um, uh, with people like Sarah Thompson and uh, Mark Bunty, and the uh, as a day-to-day colleague of mine, they remind me frequently of the advantages of, of being on a bicycle. Uh, and in fact, you know, embracing a multi multi-mode or transportation strategy that definitely includes. Biking. Yep, and, 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 and of course, our good friend Martin Gallagher had battles on the riverbank with the cyclists too. So um, exactly. I, I hope that's been sorted out. I think it has. Hey, look, I do want to just make one comment. Yep. The suggestion that um, that I that I played a critical role in, in making these improvements, I think that's probably unfair. I, I would say the entire governance group um, from both the Waikato Regional Council and from the Waipa Council um, and our mayors and the respective... We all played a role. I know Council McPherson has played a significant role. So I'm just really pleased to be part of a team that keeps asking questions, keeps trying to test what we've got in play, seeing if we can improve it. Um, 
uh, and so while we're doing that, I find that really exciting. You yeah, and on a, on a final note, I notice because I, I walk through town sometimes late at night, being at somewhere, and I notice your your car is outside the Hamilton City Council. Uh, do you work? Do you burn the midnight oil or something? No, look, I can't take credit for that at all. No, <laughs> it's it's it's. Uh, it, I often park my car. I'm, I'm sometimes in the council building, but I also live in the city. Yep. Um, so sometimes uh, I'm uh, I, I yeah. park the car and I, I've gone home. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, so have, no, I can't. One, can't one of the one of these days, we'll have to talk to you about the, uh, of course, it's underway, the demolition of some buildings to put the new um, theatre in town. We'll have to get some of you on and have a chat about it and what is going to be, what is, how, how is it going to be good for uh, Hamilton? Yeah, happy to talk to you about that. I know um, uh, Councillor Ryan is very keen um, as Chair of Economic Development to talk about all the economic benefits that will flow from yep. the theatre. I know Mayor Paul is yep. on the same and, and line I, of talk. And I hope you're going to sort out finally what goes on with the Founders Theatre, demolition or town hall. Yeah, look, that's coming to a head very closely. My understanding from memory is um, uh, Margaret Evans and her, her group are coming back to us, I think, uh, early December, the 8th of December, uh, was the time frame uh, to confirm whether or not they've been able to seek funding. Um, uh, so we'll have a much better uh, optics about what, what that looks like then. OK, we'll have to get hold of Margaret in the next few weeks to have her, her take on it because she still wants a founder's theatre. Yeah, at, at, absolutely she does. And, um, look, if, if there's funding available and uh, it all stacks up, then, you know, I think we need to look at all of that. If there isn't funding there, then we might have to make some tough decisions. Councillor Ewan Wilson, thanks for your timeless lunchtime Sunday. My pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Ten minutes past one, Mel. Yes, things happening in town. New theatre, um, heritage. It's um, it's amazing. We'll come back at you because right now we're going to talk about a song that was banned in Malawi because uh, it upset a lady called Cecilia, and the song was done by Simon and Garfunkel off the Bridge Over Trouble Water album. It was banned by BBC and NZBC.
WFM 89.0, independent community media, cosmopolitan news and views on a sort of cloudy Sunday afternoon. And, of course, later in the day, of course, uh, New Zealand and India go for cricket this afternoon with it kind of greatly poised. Well, Stephen Sodheim, Tony Award-winning songwriter, he wrote some great stuff. I'm just looking at some of the songs he wrote. He... uh, he wrote from Into the Woods, the soundtrack for that. He also wrote also um, things from... Um, oh, I'm just uh, going through the list of songs. He has got a whole heap of songs. And this is also a song appropriate for what has happened in politics this week. I'm thinking Sweeney Todd. This is Glynis Johns. Isn't it rich? Are we a
I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and bright, and I pity any girl who isn't me tonight. I feel charming, oh so charming. It's alarming how charming I feel, and so pretty that I hardly can believe I'm real. See the pretty girl in that mirror there. Who can that attractive girl be? Such a pretty face, such a pretty dress, such a pretty smile, such a pretty face. I feel stunning and entrancing. Feel like running and dancing for joy. FM 89.0, independent community media, cosmopolitan news and views. I feel pretty from the soundtrack of West Side Story. Got another track from West Side Story. Come back in a second. But I noticed from the Hamilton Press this week, all University of Waikato staff, students and contractors will be vaccinated against COVID-19 on campus in 2022. The Institute made the announcement on Thursday after a consultation period ending on November 15, Vice-Chancellor Neil Quigley described the consultation as a valuable step with an overwhelming majority of respondent supporting vaccination. I think we're going to see big rates of um, vaccinations carrying on because of this new variant which is out there at the moment. Just looking through the Hamilton Press this week... um, it was in 1975 that Dame Fina Cooper led a hikoi of 5,000 people to Parliament to make their voices heard on Māori land rights. 1981, the Springbok tour protesters took direct action against apartheid. And this morning I've been reading in one of the Sunday papers the story of racism. 
against Māori during the 1921 Springbok Tour of New Zealand. It turned very, very nasty. And, um, yeah, it, uh, in the wash, of course, was famous uh, Māori politician Sir Peter Buck. He was um, caught up in the actions of the Springboks. It was due to a cable being sent uh, overseas from a journalist who was uh, at the time um, reporting on the tour, he sent a very derogatory, racist, um, and this um, this uh, telegram was picked up by the press, and um, it led to the suspension, then reinstatement of some post office staff uh, in in the wash up after this. But yeah, the uh, I think it was due to Maori woman doing a poi dance. Yeah, the Springboks weren't very, very happy. So some parts of our New Zealand history that don't go down too good. Twenty-two past one. Paying tribute to Stephen Soldheim.
out there to keep it clean. I like the shirts of America. Cowboy is yours in America. Now the dog in America. For the world goes in America. From the soundtrack of West Side Story, Stephen Sondheim died this week, aged in his 90s. America from, of course, West Side Story. Well, I've been looking at Anne McEwan's column in the Waikato Times of yesterday. It's about heritage building to demolish or not to demolish. And are we seeing the demise of buildings uh, as we prepare for the new the new uh, building that will have the new theatre, and it's quite interesting looking at the pictures yesterday in the paper, oak staircases. Where do you find oak staircases today in houses? Uh, do people use oak for housing these days? And, um, yeah, so quite an interesting article. Read it, Anne McEwan's uh, Hammond City Council. What are they, are they moving on, of course, and um, yeah, and I believe the Navarra Bar was not uh, open last night and the night before. Are we seeing the demise of the Navarra in here in Central City, giving a giving a voice to local talent and uh, music, and uh, hopefully uh, something will be done for our new premises. But I've said and said time and time again that we've got to look after our heritage of buildings and also we have got to look after our heritage in trees. We've lost a lot in the last 20 years or so. Yes, and of course we'll leave the swimming pool to another day. And Ewan has given a hope that the Founder Theatre can be saved. Well, next year at a point of time, I'm turning 65 and I become a pensioner. So what can I look forward to in 2022? Talking about when I'm 64, these are the Beatles. When I get older, losing my head many years from now. Will you still be sending me a valentine? Birthday greetings, bottle of wine If I'd been out till quarter to three 
Would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Well, Stephen Saltheim, another one of his productions was, of course, um, Sunday in the Park with George from the soundtrack. Here is Mandy Paddikin, if that's how you pronounce it. He appeared in that procedural FBI series. He left only a couple of seasons. I believe he's very, very prickly to work with. White, a blank page or canvas? Sunday in the park with George quite through design composition tension balance and harm. George, why is it 
you always get to sit in the shade while I have to stand in the sun? Hello, George. There is someone in this dress. A trickle of sweat. The back of the head. He always does this. Now the foot is dead. Sunday in the park with George. One more. The collar is damp. Beginning to pinch. The bustle slipping. I won't budge one inch. Petticoats wet, which adds to the weight. The sun is blinding. All right, concentrate. Eyes open, please. Sunday in the park with George. Look out at the water, not at me. Sunday in the park with George. Well, if you want red and respect and attention. To say connection, modeling's no profession. If you want instead, when you're dead, some more public and more permanent expression of affection, you want a painter, poet, sculptor, preferably. Stay. 
right under the tit. Now don't give in, just lift the arm a bit. Don't lift the arm, please. Sunday in the park with George. Bustle high, please. Not even a nod, as if I were trees. The ground caught open. He would still say please. Yeah, from Sunday in the Park with George, Mandy Patikin. Um, I'm just trying to get the information on the latest. Yep, here we go. We have 144 new cases of COVID-19 and sad to report uh, another death. And it uh, is bringing me up at the moment. 144 new community cases of COVID-19 and one death has been announced in the latest stats from the Ministry of Health. A person in their 80s has died in Auckland's North Shore Hospital. And I'm just looking at the uh, screen here and I can't spell Auckland, whoever wrote the, the story. Sorry about that. The announcement comes as health officials contend with news of the highly transmissible Omicron variant. Omicron is part of the Greek alphabet. So, the, of course, we're on high alert in Hamilton. And in the breakdown, there are 127 in Auckland. Northland, two. Waikato have nine. Bay of Plenty have four. And Hawke's Bay has one. As of today, 82 people are in hospital with COVID-19 across Auckland and Waikato, nine of whom are in intensive care or high dependency unit. Uh, and also latest stats. Um, oh, there's so many to give out. One Of the 144 new cases, 56 have been linked to an existing case and 88 remain remain unlinked at this stage. In the past 14 days, 904 cases have not been linked to a known case. The new cases bring the total in the Delta outbreak to 8,118. So 144 new cases and you'll see the breakdown tonight on television. I feel you, Joanna, I feel you, I was half convinced I'd waken, satisfied enough to dream you, happily I was mistaken, Joanna. I'll steal 
think that walls can hide you Even now I'm at your window I am in the dark beside you Buried sweetly in your yellow hair I feel From Sweeney Todd, yes, that is Victor Garber and Joanna. We're paying tribute to Stephen Saltheim this afternoon and also giving you some news as it uh, happens. Um, I heard this on Friday that there was a firearms incident out in Norton on Friday. A man is due to appear in Hamilton District Court on uh, Tuesday he holed up in that um, he did hold up in the house on Dominion Road in Norton and he refused to come out so we're just um, trying to bring up that uh, particular story about that and we are just um, trying to do that right at this present moment as I get the... Well, a man will appear in, on firearms charges after a standoff with police in Hamilton. Police said a 38-year-old man was arrested on Saturday in relation to the incident. He is due to appear in Hamilton District Court on charges of use of a firearm against a law enforcement officer and for escaping from police custody. Yes, um, I've been, I was told that... Um, Dominion Road in Norton on Friday was closed off and talking to the library security guard. So um, have you noticed that a lot of um, a lot of uh, violence as um, we uh, go through this uh, COVID um, things at the present moment? Here's a song that's not exactly... Well, it's not a, it's not a Stephen Sondheim song. Remember that Viennese operetta when we were both in the chorus? I beg your pardon, Lily. I was the understudy. There was a waltz in it, remember? Something about a bar. Yeah. Madam, you are ravishing tonight. You have made me the happiest of men. Your Highness. Mm. Wunderbar. 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 There's a favorite star above. What a bright, shining star. Like a love, it's Gazing down on the Jungfrau From a 
secret chalet for two. Let us drink Liebchen mine. In the moonlight benign. To the joy of a dream come true. Wunderbar, wunderbar. What a perfect night for love. It's truly wunderbar, wunderbar, wunderbar. We're alone and hand in glove. Not a cloud near or far. Why, it's more than wunderbar. Say you care, dear. For you madly. Say you long, dear. For your kiss. Do you swear? Gladly, life's demanding, and your mind is wonderful. Wonderful. There's a favorite star above. What a bright, shining star, like a light.
89.0 Independent Community Media. Yes, John Hanlon, and um, that's a song called Lovely Lady going back to the 70s with that one. It's nearly time to disappear out of here for the day. On a cloudy afternoon, I think it could be for a bit of moisture in the air tonight. Good afternoon, Trevor. Good afternoon. It sounds like a Hamilton weather forecast. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've got, I weather. haven't got the official weather forecast today because they they they're long and rambling some of those forecasts and they give they give up some f- kind of fruity tales of the weather we'll leave the weather yeah. behind and what's happening in your week well uh, here we go again in the New Zealand politics uh, Judith Collins is uh, no longer leader of the National Party well it's like a revolving door that uh, leadership in the National Party when I look back when John Keyes was Prime Minister of the National Party, he, I must admit he had a certain amount of charisma and character about him. He had a very good smile and uh, built up confidence with the caucus and the public as a large. And I think that's why he kept getting in. Lester uh, kept getting elected and he kept holding his post. He only relinquished it on his own terms when he thought he's been in the job long enough. But Judith uh, Collins... <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, whatever happened with, uh, uh, before with, uh, uh, was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's quite interesting. Could we say that Judith Collins was a smiling assassin? Well, you could say that. Some saying that about Cassandra Dern. But uh, Simon Bridges, uh, the name this moment really slipped my mind. Uh, of course, a bit of a kerfuffle five years ago. I, I can't remember the full details, but he must have upset someone. Yep. Shook hands and all, all smoothed over and forgotten. But she brought it up again. But I thought that's very small potatoes when you look at American politics. I mean, look, look at the accusations made against Donald Trump when he was running for presidency. I thought he yeah. was in jail, but he got elected as yeah. president. Well, it just goes to show. I think they just use that as a spark. I think they wanted her out of that job for a while, well, the party, and this is the excuse. It's it's quite interesting. Former Minister Christopher, Christopher Finlayson, who's a QC and lawyer, he wants both Collins and Bridges to go. 
but do you want a man who's been a CEO of Air New Zealand as leader of the National Party? Another person who has to go is the president of the National Party because he he supported people who... Some of the candidates. Um, this Hey, but this is fodder for the ACT Party, all this, what's going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'd be very sought after party when the elections come up. I think that could hold the balance of power. Mm. Well, yeah, I've, I've got my... I don't... I've got issues with uh, the leader of the ACT Party, um, David Seymour. Is he just too smart to be a politician? That's the main mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, that could be uh, something foreign in this country. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I look at Jacinda, she maybe is just sitting back and smiling at what is going on. But one person I was impressed with this week is uh, the doctor from up your way, Shane Retty. Very polished politician. He's been a doctor, surgeon, a Harvard scholar, and he was up in the north uh, giving out vaccines, but he was very measured in what he was saying uh, during the week. So Tuesday, we will know who will lead the National Party, but some of the media on on um, Friday, they were running around like um, headless chooks chasing after the politicians. Oh, they- yeah. Yeah, they, they were. It's uh, be interesting to see what happens. Really, I mean, yep. they just had to find someone that's uh, a strong leader. Anyway, I, I did hear, hear you on Talkback again this week. Oh yes, yes, right. <laughs> yeah, a few comments I made there. She she kind of put you off. Did she hang up on you? Well, she did cut it short. But I got back to her the following day. Yep. You can't get a pass. Uh, passport without using a smartphone because I rung the hotline and they came to send me one out. Oh, yep, same here. I've got mine. I jangled my keys earlier. You <laughs> heard, I probably heard convince it. them on Magic Talk, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But I think I, I hope I got through to them in the end. I don't know. Hey, that's about it for today. Thanks for your company. And uh, we've uh, paid tribute to Stephen Sodheim. We had, we talked trains with um, Mr. Wilson earlier, Ewan Wilson. Did you hear our interview with Ewan? Oh, well, I had a bit of disaster in the apartment complex. There's a leak coming from one of the apartments. So uh, I was so you had to you had to get out your mop and bucket and go and repair oh, it. I had to try and trace the source of the leak, actually, because it's coming through the concrete. I hey, had to go, find out which apartment it was. We've got we've to leave it there because and we've been playing Stephen Sodheim, but I'm going to take you back to the 30s. One of the great American voices and one of the great American songs. Old Man River, the late great Paul Robeson. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. Does he care if the world's got troubles? What does he care if the land ain't free? Old Man River, that old man river. He must know something. But don't say nothing, he just keeps rolling, he keeps on rolling along. He don't plant taters, he don't plant cotton, and damn that plantum is soon forgotten. But old man river, he just keeps rolling along. 
and strain Body all aching and wrecked with pain Tote that barge, lift that veil Get a little drunk and your land's in jail I get weary and sick of trying I'm tired of living and scared of dying But old man River, he just keeps rolling along Let me go away from the Mississippi Let me go away from the white man boss Show me that stream called the River Jordan. That's the old... Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.